Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host. And I come to you live from my home in Los Angeles every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Please check us out at liveparanormal.com, at iheartradio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. There are more. I am trying to memorize them all. And, of course, uh, also on social media everywhere, I'm at Sheena Metal, just at Sheena Metal. Come and find me there. I would love that. Every week on the show, I gather the folks that I think are the brightest and most beautiful and loveliest minds and hearts and souls in both the paranormal and the spiritual communities. And we talk about everything from is there life after death to I think I have a Loch Ness monster in my above ground swimming pool. Uh, if it is outside of the realm of the three dimensions, It belongs here on Haunted Playground. My guest today is a spiritual healer and a transformation coach and one of the best social media posters in the universe I aspire to only be. If you were here with me right now, you could see my praise hands in the air. Uh, Please welcome to the show for the very first time. It's so exciting as long as I've been doing this to still have people I've never had on the show. Uh, Please welcome to the show the wonderful Deborah Mittler is here. How are you, my friend? Hi, Sheena. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> I know. So because this it's your first time. time. We actually heard each other in person, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to – this is the first time on the show. i got to ask the question that I always ask. Okay. Spirituality, when did it consciously come into your life? I used to always ask, when did it come into your life? But we're kind of come out of the box with it, right? But when did you first yeah. really realize that – you were a person of spirit and of service. Of spirit and service. That's such a great question because my healing path actually took me here. Um, you know, I was doing all the, quote, self-help books and things like that. And uh, I was in and out of hospitals and treatment centers for over 23 years, struggling with anorexia, depression, um, being suicidal and everything else. And uh, they they pretty much left, left me to die. They gave up on me and said there's nothing else they can do, and they told me, you know, nothing can help me. Um, and that led me to um, OA meetings and then led me to finding a sponsor, so working the 12 steps was my first kind of experience with spirituality. And then I started reading books, and then I got really deep into it, and then I went to USM, which is a spiritual psychology school. And that's when I really started getting in touch with, like, my the deeper aspects of me, but also connecting more with the universal realms and things like that. So um, that's kind of how it started, and since then I've just been kind of on the path. <laughs> so before that, what did you think about me? Did you believe in anything? Did you believe in just how you were raised? I mean, during those times of extreme crisis and addiction, mm-hmm. did you think, 
you know, did you think there was something out there before you sort of found your path and, and discovered what higher power is? Well, yeah, I mean, when I first went to 12 Steps, of course, they talk about the higher power, right? So they said it could be anything, so I made it Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, but but I I always knew there was a God, but I didn't have a concept of what it was. I just I just kept praying to God to take me, like, take me out of my misery, take me out of this world, I can't handle it here, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that I always knew there was a God, but it's not a, quote, religious God. I was raised Jewish. Um, I became a Christian at, at one time only because of um, wanting to be with a woman, and she was a Christian. So, hey, why not, right? <laughs> okay, sure. There are um, worse reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was baptized and everything, but I still didn't understand, like, any of it. And plus they were kind of trying to hypnotize me and believing stuff, and I had resistance to it. Um, same thing with Judaism. And uh yeah, so I don't know. I mean, now I totally believe in, I call it God's source loving energy. So the energy connected to love, which um, helps me when I connect every morning to that energy. It just really helps me get more connected and, and grounded within myself, within the spiritual aspect of me, more so than the conditioning and the human aspects and everything else that, you know, of course, we're in a physical world, so it's important to have all that, but not let it control us. So, um Yes. Yeah, connecting yes. to that, but also embracing our humanness is really important. I think a lot of people in the yes. spiritual realm, oh, I'm just going to, you know. <laughs> but no, we're here right. for a reason. We're here in the 3D reality to learn to grow, to heal. And because our body is, is so dense, it's like that's how we do it, right? Um, so I call it first school. <laughs> I'm sorry? I call this this realm earth school because it's kind of where oh my souls God, that's come so here funny. to learn, grow, and heal. <laughs> and I call it soul school. Soul school. I always oh, wow. refer to it as soul school because to me it's like your little soul gets stuck in this school uniform and then sent to soul school for a semester to learn what you got to learn and then you got to do it again next time. Oh, yeah. That, that's so cool. Have you seen the movie Soul Link? Because that kind of relates to what you were sharing. I'm sorry? Have you seen the movie Soul? It's I have not, movie. no. Okay. So oh, no, no, oh, not yet. Here. No, I have not. No, I know about it, but I have not seen it. No. Yeah, so yeah it's I mean, pretty to similar me, that's to what, what it is. Sharing. And yeah. you have to think our of it that lessons. way, right? You have to think of it like school. Exactly. And it's our soul's lessons. A lot of times it's like we think, like, why is this happening to me? Da, da, da. You know, it's like I, I, I changed all my limiting beliefs. I did all this. Why am I still experiencing these things? And it's just like sometimes what we forget, what we remember, but what we remember to forget in, in the humanness because of our conditioning. But our souls are here to, like, to learn, heal, and grow. So we each have a unique Absolutely. soul journey. Yeah, a neat path. And who's to say what's right or wrong, who's better or worse according to the human appearances, right? We judge, we compare, we, you know, it's like, but our path is not supposed to look like everyone else's, <laughs> you know? No, so we no, try hard. I, I love what you, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. What and I say. love what you said earlier about how we have to be grounded in the earth too, because I think, and I was just talking to a client about this last night, was sharing some stuff that's going on with her son who's beginning his path. And he's so into his 5D pursuits right now that he's getting so into it that he's forgetting about his human life. And yeah. that's not what we're supposed to do. I mean, it feels much better to be there than it does to be here. And I understand the urge to want to do that. But it's so important mm-hmm. that we ground. And the lessons that we have to learn have to do with this world a lot. And I was using the example to her last night that if you went to college 
but you studied online and you almost never went to the campus and you never joined clubs and you never did electives and you never went to a party and you never made me friends and you never had the experience. That's not really the college experience. You can get through it, but you're not really having the experience. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing with Earth, right? Because if you're here, but you're not really doing the earthbound thing, you're not really having mm-hmm. the full experience that you're supposed to have in each life, which is and it's of like, your it's, spiritual life and also of your Earth life. Uh-huh. I'm sorry? Yeah, the, the, the integration. And it's so um, it's, it's crazy, but not crazy that you say that because a lot of us, like me personally, like we struggle with addictions and, and like any ways to get through the day. Just try to get through the day. Just try to get the day and we're missing the whole experience of being – it's a gift to be in a human body, right? But when we have challenges, we don't think it is. And no, tomorrows aren't guaranteed. I know I personally have to remind myself because sometimes I take the day for granted, right? So it's just like, oh, you know, I'll have tomorrow, but none of us know. Like we can leave at any time. And um, when I stop and think about that, I'm like, why am I worrying about this? Why, you know, it's like in the bigger picture, like, is this really going to matter that much if I was going to leave tomorrow? So, you know, these are things right, that exactly. I question a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Things that you have to but. be so thankful for and things that you have to um, live in the now. So many people spend all of their time um, remorseful or, or ruminating over the past or fearful or speculating about the future. Meanwhile, every day Mm -hmm. they're having a now day and they're not doing anything to utilize their now day, right? Yeah, and that becomes more challenging because even though, like, we want to think consciously, our system is still running in the past if we have unresolved issues. So the traumas and stuff keeps that patterning going and we filter our perceptions and points of views through that. And a lot of times when we have so much trauma, we live in protection. So we just try to get through the day in a protective way, and we miss out on the joys and the risks of living, the, the excitement of it, right? I know sure. I lived that way for so long, so that's why I'm, I'm talking from personal experience. <laughs> right, and is and yeah. that part of what you do as a, as a transformational coach is help people sort of migrate into that being in the present? Yeah, so um, actually with the spiritual healing and transformational coaching, so I created a process called rapid, transformation, rapid transformational healing. So what it is, is is there's certain imprints that remain in our energy field, right? And it's, it's somewhere in our bodies. So when we've had a trauma or, or pretty, you know, a really painful experience, a lot of times we weren't able to process it. So that energy gets stuck in our bodies and that energy creates our life experience. Even though we're not doing it consciously, subconsciously we're continuously living from that energy because of frozen part in time. So what I do is we go into, it's not talk therapy, well we talk obviously, but we go more, we work more with the internal field because there's a pattern that, that plays all the time inside. And a lot of times we're not aware of it consciously. It's unconsciously. So to become aware of it unconsciously really helps us to heal because that stuck perspective starts opening up. So when that starts opening up, we open up more. And we're able to enjoy more of the present moment because we don't feel we, we have to live in protective mode and our past is not filtering our present today. Right, which is such a thing, right? We allow our past to take over. <laughs> So much of our present that we're not even really living in the present. I mean, we're here, but it's like we're we're we've got our um, we've got our present mode stuck on you know mute, and we're just ruminating, <laughs> ruminating, ruminating, ruminating. Oh yeah, well we can't help it. That's how that's how our system's made, right? So we filter our perceptions and points of views from past learned experiences. Now, if there's a painful past learned experiences, guess what? We're gonna recreate the pain. 
So we keep recreating right. it and we keep recreating it. We keep because re- it's done, but it's like that those traumas are done. But what we take with us is the perceptions and then the meanings that we concluded about ourselves and the world because of those traumas. That's what we take with right. us. So like, like if something happened to us, say we were molested, right? We may feel like we don't, where we deserve to be hurt, right? So if we are molested, we may have bought into that belief or that um, I'm unlovable and that's why people hurt me. So we go through life feeling that, right? So we keep recreating that in situations. I'm unlovable. Um, you know, it's like, well, why is this person being mean to me? Well, it's because of, of the way our energy is flowing. Now, I'm not saying that some people are just mean, right? So you can't really always blame it on oh, yeah. that. Sure. But if we always yeah, have sure. that feeling, yeah, if we always have that feeling of I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, all that going on deep inside, not through affirmation saying, yay, I'm lovable, because if there's something inside of us that feels that, we're going to walk through the world feeling that, feeling less. And sometimes we try to overcompensate through the, because of that belief. So we become workaholics. We start to prove ourselves. We have, now we feel good enough, but we never feel good enough because there's something inside of us that still feels unworthy and unlovable, you know? So it's deeper work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, sure so it that's is. The work, yeah, the work I do, that's why on my website's Living in the Loving, because in Living in the Loving, it's like we're living in our true essence. So it's moving into that space. So that's what I work with my clients. Um, you know, it's a process to get there. It's not like a quick fix. And you don't want to go into the traumas right away. It's like they, you want to help someone first create a sense of safety because sometimes traumas are really intense. And you don't always want to go into the traumas. You know, a lot of people say you have to, but you don't because it's continuously playing out in our lives today. So we can just look at what's going on today and actually do the healing as well. Right, right. That's beautiful. <laughs> what, what do you do to keep yourself in a balanced place? Because people ask me this all the time, so I'm going to ask you. What do people do to keep yourself in a balanced place so that you can continue to heal others? Because, you know, whether we like it or not, we take a little bit of that into our system when we're healing someone and then we have to find a place Mm -hmm. to put it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is like for me, I'm still, I mean, I'm all always be healing. I think as long as I'm here, I, I'm not perfect. I still have issues. I still have stuff come off. I'm like, I still doing shadow working, which is kind of my favorite thing. It's like to recognize that. Um, But yeah, so I start my day, I, I write, I meditate, um, um, I listen to either affirmations or something to get my spirits going in the morning. Um, and I connect to, I have my higher self, who I call loving voice. And I connect with her um, most every day, not every day, but most every day. Um, and she, she channels through me um, and really just supports me and kind of helps me set my day. Um, and then I, you know, see clients or, or do some writing. I also write articles for magazines and things like that. So I do more than just see clients. Um, and I've published books and stuff. So I'm kind of like just open to spirit and I allow whatever energy flows through me. And I, I as you say, you know, my Facebook post, that's all kind of like inspiration that automatically flows through me. Like I don't even think. Sure. It just flows. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I Same thing. Sometimes I'll just be you know on Instagram or Facebook and I'll see a meme somewhere and I'm like oh I gotta write something about that and then it but I don't <laughs> think it's me I mean I think it's spirit says okay knock knock uh, go to work here it's time to get called into service go go pick up your sword and fight for the light and um it's yeah, time to totally. go, inspire people and I yeah, just so, think so that sword always I'm sorry yeah so do you always do you always listen to that inspiration Always to do that. Always. 
Even when <laughs> sometimes it's yeah, telling a... me something that I don't like. Like sometimes it's telling, but I don't want to do that. But you know what? I, I believe <laughs> that spirit knows best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm very lucky in the fact that I had a, a very, very amazingly intense relationship with my mother, who was very wise, oh. very old, and also a psychic medium. Um, so most of her, almost all of her advice was good. And so I got used to trusting someone that had been here longer than me and knew more than me and not always having to rebel against that. Once she said, I think maybe I should have given you more things to rebel about. And I was like, no. Um, (laughs) Interestingly enough, when she got older and, you know, when your folks get older, you kind of become their parent. I was interviewing mm-hmm. a friend once who had a geriatric services company, and he was saying, well, this is going to be hard. I'm like, no, no, my mom lets me do that. They don't like to give this up. I'm like, no, my mom lets me do that. He said, you don't understand how lucky you are that your mom lets you do things for her. And I'm like, you, you know what? We had this arrangement, right? She took care of me. Then we took care of each other. Then I took care of her. So I think because that was ingrained in me from birth, Deborah, um, the mm-hmm. idea of listening to spirit, who is also – much older and much wiser than me. Um, it just seems like a natural go-to, right? I mean, why? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? If spirit knows, so if they tell me to do something and I'm like, ah, oh, I still do it. And in the end, it's always the right decision. So yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. That and you sometimes need I don't listen for a while, and they have to sort of wrap me on the head with their knuckles, and I'm like, oh, okay, 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 <laughs> because I'm human, and all human beings think they know best, right? And sometimes I don't listen as quickly as I should. But the advice yeah. has never steered me wrong. And people will say to me, well, how do you know it's, how do you know it's spirit? How do, how do you not know it's not like darkness or the devil? Well, you just, because yeah. <laughs> when you get grounded within yourself and you're not mm-hmm. living in a place where you're letting either toxic substances or toxic people or toxic thoughts sort of run your operating system, you can tell the difference in something that's of the light and something that isn't in the same way that when you look at people, right? You can see people that are really walking in the light. You see people who are having a hard time with it. You see people who have given in to ideas that are not of of the higher good. You can just feel it. And I think it's the same thing. I mean, I, I never one time has spirit ever given me a message and I thought, oh, is that the devil? It just you know what I mean? It's just you can just tell by the way it feels that it's good yeah. and it's for you. And you know, if only people could be that pure, life would be the easiest thing in the world. Oh my God. Do you think I mean like I always I have this idea that if we all like lived in the that's why living in the loving, if we all lived in love, imagine what the world would be like. Like we'd be helping yeah. each other, we'd be supporting each other, we'd be loving each other. There wouldn't be like wars and trying to kill people and greed and all that stuff, you know. It's just like but what a gift because so many people try to attain. Like I've had people come to see me just so they can tune into, you know, quote their higher self, right, spirit, whatever. Because they're so right. blocked because because we're so conditioned right and for me like you like you said you just know like I don't even think it's not I don't use my thinking mind like I do these things called spirit writings and um you know a lot of people like want like a reading right they come to you for a reading right it's like it's like is that accurate or, yeah uh-huh yeah okay. I call so them reading or sessions reading sometimes I call them sessions if they're healing sure 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so something like that. So I'm not a psychic, but I'm not going to predict your, fe- your future. But what I do is I open a spirit, and I don't think. Like, these writings just come through me. And um, I use the question in the writing, so I'm not – I'm always amazed at what comes through me. Like, I just look at it, I'm like, whoa, where did that information come from? Because there's nothing I'm ever taught in this world, right? So um, it's so cool. It's the same thing being tuned into spirit because – I'm sure, or I can imagine you also get downloads that you've never learned in the world. Is oh. that accurate? All the time. <laughs> I mean, the downloads really, I mean, people always say, like, what do you do to get prepared to channel? And I'm like, you have to get prepared to channel? I just leave the TV on all the time and let the messages come through. I never close the channel. So I guess my question would be, what do I do to close the channel? And the answer is, I don't know. I never do it. So. I just leave it open, and then when there's a message, they bring it, and when there's not, they don't. And you just learn how to filter the input, right, so that you're not getting every single message that's coming through the universe and just reserve it for the messages that come right from spirit. That way someone's uncle isn't chattering at me at 3 o'clock in the morning about where the safety deposit box is, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're more, you're more in tune than me. I'm just like I kind of just I'll get downloads here and there, and uh, like especially when I go for a walk. Oh my, I used to have to bring a pad of paper with me because I'd be like, <laughs> like seriously, like the downloads would just pour through. Um, anytime I'm in nature, or like I'll get like downloads. Like I wrote a whole song down at the beach one time, and I'm not I'm not an, a writer for us. I write poetry, but I'm not. Um, you know, a writer for music or anything. I wrote a whole song. I came home. I'm like, okay, spirit, where's the music? Like, it brought me right to the music. I recorded it with my own voice. And, I, like, it's so cool. And it's, like, this kid's, like, fun, like, hokey pokey song. <laughs> like, but things like that, right. I think your greatest artists are just very in tune with spirit, you know. And it's so beautiful. But, like I said, so many people crave that. That's one reason why they go to spirituality, because they want to connect with something greater than themselves, Right. Um, but so many of us, like I was blocked for so long. It happened. I didn't try to make it happen. It kind of happened through doing my healing and um, some of these processes that I was doing from the school that I went to at USM, which is a spiritual psychology school. All of a sudden, this voice started channeling through me. I was like, what was that, right? So she's like, at first it was like a jibber-jabber turned into this like beautiful, loving voice. I'm like, oh, that's a loving voice. And then she started riding through me with my left hand. And then she gave me this process where I follow the energy of the question and it comes through in the energy of the question. I write it long way. I wrote two books like that. Um, and uh, it's really cool because these, this isn't stuff I was taught in school. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What, now what was your, what was your family like? Was they, were you, did you know anybody when you were young that was a seeker? Well, my my cousin, but I didn't. I wasn't really close to her. I found her later when I went to hypnosis school. I was watching a video. I'm like, that looks like my cousin. So I contacted her later on in life when I was like 30. But no, it's crazy because my dad, my dad used to to talk bad about this guy. I guess he was our cousin. That he lived in Hawaii and he used to talk to his the walls and he lived in a treehouse and he just he used to make fun of him. But as far as like you with your mom and everything, I never had that. In fact, when I started on this path, um, my mom would kind of look at me like I was crazy. But I've always been like that. I used to talk to the trees, I, I, you know, everything when I was a kid. But, you know, that gets suppressed when your parents call you crazy. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's not but, um, I 
Yeah. So I suppressed my gifts for a long time and they started coming up more and more as I went through USM, did my process, did my deeper healing and allowed my quote authentic self to start coming up. And my authentic self is very in tune with my higher self who I call loving voice. So, yeah. You need to do the work on yourself and fix yourself before you start working with others. Um, Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, (laughs) I know everyone doesn't do that. That's, that's, that is in my perfect world, everyone would do that. The truth is everyone doesn't do that, but everybody really should because you need to keep, you need to be healed enough to keep your issues out of it. You need to be healed enough to, um, you know, be able to be strong enough in yourself that the ups and downs uh-huh. and the, tri- the trials and the tribulations that are going on with your clients aren't knocking you off of your own balance that you can still, because it's a lot, right? You're, you're taking on people's pain and sifting through it and sorting it and um, giving it back to them in a way that they can digest it and begin to heal themselves. And um, yeah, a lot of people yeah. have a lot of pain and you have to listen to that pain all day long and it can be a lot. So you have to be strong and you have to be, you know, really in your um, in your most grounded self. Grounding is so important when you do the work we do. Yeah, as I say, the U.S. Um, taught us center yourself in yourself, and then also see the person in front of you how, who has all the answers that that they need inside of them. Because I don't give answers; I guide them to their answers inside. You know. Um, a lot of times, I even had guys get mad at me. They're like, well, can't you just tell me this answer? I'm like, let's go listen and see. They're like, I don't want to do that again. I'm like, well, you know, that's the only way. Like, I know you're a psychic, so you right. could kind of, yeah, so I right. don't I don't. Sometimes do I give them I, the answer, but it doesn't mean they're not back the next day looking for the answer, even though I just told them the answer. Giving them the answer <laughs> doesn't necessarily help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think finding it from within and then I dialogue with whatever part is present because we have so many different personalities, right? So if someone came to me, say, for instance, they have um, anxiety, right? The whole of them doesn't have anxiety. A part of them does. So that part of them is is anxious for a reason. So let's understand why this part is anxious instead of giving it medication and try to calm it down, right? Because that never helps. Because in that part, we'll find another way to get your attention, either through illness, either through a body pain, either through something else, because that part needs attention, right? So that's what I help my clients learn how to dialogue with their own parts. And also my, my biggest thing is inner child healing. Like that's like the core of everything for me. Um, so living in the loving is coming back to inner child healing where we're pure love, right? We're pure love and joy when we come into this world. Even though we come in with absolutely sometimes, but but still, if you look at a child, they're just like, they're just, they're exploring, they're curious, they, they fall down, they cry, but they get up and run the next minute, they don't hold on to it. It's <laughs> just like, they're free. Right. And then we start to learn all these behaviors and blah, 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 blah. And then we become crazy, not crazy, well, I'm crazy, but <laughs> crazy humans. <laughs> Right. Now, was inner so, child healing a lot of your work to getting to your most centered place? Yes, and that's why I do it. Yeah. I, you know how you said, you know, people should, you know, work on themselves before helping others. It's like, I don't think I could have the great understanding of what my clients are experiencing until I went through it myself. So, for instance, I had anorexia for almost 23 years. 
And the ways they were treating me was they were just treating the symptom. They were just putting weight on me, which never helped the underlying issue. So guess what? I kept right. going in and out of hospitals and treatment centers for 23 years, medicating me, doing right. all kinds of things. In fact, in fact, I was more traumatized in hospitals and treatment centers than I was growing up in my house. So the trauma I had to deal with because of that. But, um, yeah, so it's just like it's crazy. I used to see therapists. They'd be like, well, why don't you want to eat? I'm like, do you understand what I'm experiencing? Do you know what it's like to, to be – high in an airplane and in someone's telling you to jump but you say you have no parachute but they're saying they're pushing you out and saying jump that's the panic i felt every time i ate and it was because i had this this idea that if i get fat no one will love me right so um you know and it it, it there was so much to it like i didn't feel like i deserved to live so eating was a um you know a way to keep the body alive right so you're working against those beliefs instead of with those beliefs to help that part younger part like no little Deborah it's okay I got you you know to really hold that part in love that's why I say living and loving right everything goes back to holding ourselves in love so our bodies can readjust or get reacquainted with the truth of our essence and that's like I didn't heal by trying trying to eat more like I didn't even focus on the food I healed and I started gaining weight and I started getting healthy because I started learning to how to love myself and take care of the inner child who was in pain and screaming and crying and I was being so mean to, to myself. I was cutting my wrist, I was cutting my face, all those things. Like that stuff didn't stop by trying to stop it. That stuff stopped by learning how to love myself and understanding where all that trauma was coming from, you know? Right, yes. So, yeah. And you really yeah. do have to become your own best friend, right? Because people... The biggest problem with being a person is dealing with people. People are not always <laughs> going to be good to you. So you have to be good to you. And you have to be love yeah. yourself and be, be your best own best friend. I teach a workshop called You Are Your Own Best Friend. And um, oh, you have title. to be good to yourself, <laughs> even if other people aren't being good to you. Yeah, and that's Because all the things too. that you just I mean, said, I... right? No one's going to love you if you get fat. No one's going to love you if you do this. No one's going to – trust me, there are people out there that will tell you every single one of those things. Yeah, well, that's And society. you just, you just I mean, can't listen. Yeah, and that's either – if I have a belief that it's not okay to love myself, no matter how much I try, a part of me will resist it. And I, it was a struggle for me. It's like – I, I, like, I got mad at myself when I even tried to love myself because if I even put that energy into loving myself, then, you know, my family wouldn't, wouldn't like me. They would abandon me. So I had to work with that and understand that deeper reason of why it was so challenging for me to love myself. I'm, I don't do it perfectly. I have days where I, I'm, you know, I have the critical voice and blah, 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 blah. And, but I'm more aware of it because when I feel an angst inside of me is when I'm, oh, wait, something's off. You know, I have to be with that part. I don't just go get busy or, you know, a lot of people do that. Go get busy, you know, whatever. Um, but if I have any any internal issues, I'll sit with that part of me. I want to understand it, you know. And because I've been doing it for so long, I can get to get to what's really going on right away. But at the beginning, I had to work my process and do it. Like it takes, you know, time and practice and blah, blah, blah. Um, but most of the time, like when we're hurting or crying, that's just our inner child. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I shouldn't be crying or I shouldn't do or I shouldn't worry about this. Well, there's a reason why we're worrying. Let's find out why, right? What's going on? Well, right. if, I, if, I don't, if I don't do it right, then I won't be loved. Okay, there's the core issue to worrying, right? Or something like that. Um, or even procrastination or anything like that. It's not about pushing through procrastination. Understanding that part, that part will relax and it'll be easy for us to do whatever we want to do. Sometimes procrastination is saying, hey, I don't, I don't want this. 
but our heads or egos are telling us we need to do it. So we try harder and harder and harder, but a part of it is like, I don't really want it. <laughs> so it's like we want to understand things instead of listening to what everybody else says, you know, just push through, just, just you know, use your mindset. You can do this, power, 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 but it goes against our energy system, and it makes it even more harder, and then we feel bad about ourselves because we struggle. So we just add to yeah. all that pain. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. Yes, exactly. And it usually starts with somebody who, when we were very young, told us you weren't enough mm-hmm. of this or you're too much of that or don't do this or don't do that. And then it starts to just roll around in there, right, and become like a like a rolling stone gathering moss. It becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger thing as it rolls around in there. Oh, yeah. And then we become our own, like any, any we take on our our own critical parent. So if we had a critical parent, we take that on. So we become that critical parent. So our inner child is yeah. still crying, you know. Um, yeah. And that's the yeah. thing. It's like we need to be nurtured, cared for, and loved. And um, sure, we need to give it to ourselves. But sometimes being in an environment where where we're given that, we can also heal. You know, a lot of people say nobody will love you until you love yourself. I say sometimes people love you and they teach you how to love yourself by loving you. I agree. You know? I agree. So, Sometimes people yeah. do love you even though you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. And they hold that space. You're like, oh, wow. I, I mean, that helped me. I, I can't love myself. They're like, everyone told me you need to. I'm like, what is that? How, how, I don't even compete with that. That doesn't make sense to me. And um, when I first started going to OA meetings in, when I was 30, I'm 54 now, but um, this, this girl walked up to me and said, I can help you. I laughed in her face because Everybody, you know, doctors, treatment centers, the best doctors in the world can help me. How can this girl in a 12-step meeting help me? And she was the most loving, patient. Like, I'd call her. She goes, oh, I know, baby, this is really hard for me. Just acknowledge me. She didn't tell me I should be doing this, I shouldn't be doing, like, all that. She just acknowledged what I was feeling. Like, who is this girl? I never had that. Like, (laughs) it was crazy. Um, But, yeah, I mean, having that helps a lot of people. You know, even coming to, you know, a healer like me or, or someone like you can hold a space of love, people can relax more and they can feel the love within. But if we're always on anxiousness, always trying to get love, go and get love, get love, or trying to even love ourselves when it goes against the programming inside, it creates so much more judgment, you know? Yeah, I think so. we're always trying to find someone else to fill that spot and love us in all the ways that mm-hmm. we don't love ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Or surrogates, because we get from our parents, so we're still looking for, for parents. I mean, people right. do it all the time in relationships. And it's nice. Don't get me I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm in a new relationship, and it's been really beautiful and also challenging, but mostly beautiful. And, um, you know, for someone to feel loved by somebody, it's just so, it's beautiful, you know, and to be able to take it in, it, that's another thing that was hard for me in the past. <laughs> you know, oh, to be able, feeling to, worthy to, be of be able to receive, like to be able to take emotions in? Yeah, to take her, her love in, yeah. To take, because, like, it feels good to have somebody love me as well, you know. You'll say, no, you just need to, oh, I'm a, you know, a lot of people say they're better off alone or they could be alone. It's okay, I love myself. But, I mean, it's so beautiful to have that where human human connections are so important for healing and for health, health and well-being. Yeah. Yes, so, and I, I never agree. that. I stayed out, yeah, I stayed out of a relationship for me and my partner split up in two, in Mm, 2003, and I didn't date anybody since. Like, what are we in 2022? <laughs> well, but a I long think time. you get to the point where you just 
realize I'm not going to partner again in a situation that's not good for me. Yeah. And um, I, I, I came to mind. that conclusion in 2013 and actually really stuck with it, which I hadn't, you know, I hadn't ever in my life. I'd just gone from one to the next. But then, then all of a sudden I started realizing that there was some toxicity in friendships with friends that were not loving me the way that I loved myself. And so then I had to mm-hmm. sort of go mm-hmm. through and, and set the boundaries there too, right? I mean, setting boundaries, it's a thing. You've got to set boundaries in general, and I hate boundaries. i got to tell you, I hate boundaries. I don't know why we have to set boundaries. In, in my perfect world, no one ever has to set a boundary because nobody ever trips a boundary. But unfortunately, that's not <laughs> the planet Earth. And you have to set boundaries with people, not with everybody, but with people who can't, can't on their own set their own boundaries. And if they refuse yeah. to, then you need to sort of move them farther out of your life. You know, your 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 periphery, emotional periphery is like an onion, right? And different people live in different layers, some mm-hmm. very close mm-hmm. to the center and some more on the outside. And that's totally okay. But you have it's, to figure yeah, out where okay. everyone belongs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other the other quotation with boundaries we teach people how we want to be treated so it's like okay by what we're willing to put up with right so um you know it's like there's a lot of unconscious boundaries that we set also through just the way we are right so it's just so beautiful when we can just feel more centered in ourselves and know that like hey you know what i deserve respect so the respect will come you know um it is an inner thing um you know, I'm like you. I don't like because in love, there's no boundaries. Love is boundless. <laughs> so I right. have an issue well, with that. I'm right. Like, well, how can there be boundaries in love? But there is there is a certain point where it's like you know you just say, well, that's not okay for me, you know, or something like that. Not like being mean, just like you know, or I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways people set boundaries, but it's to find what what the most. Um, for me, I'm all about compassion. So how can I do this in a way that I'm not like giving into the kind of perceived anger that I'm having with this person and come back to what is my, my soul need for this experience? How can I say it in a way that's more caring and loving more so than wow, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's something I had to learn yeah. and I'm still learning. I, <laughs> I think um, yeah. learning how to communicate, you know, especially in relationship, learning how to communicate. Um, I'm all about communication, but it's not always easy to do. Yes. Yes, um, you're absolutely right, and um, it's hard, right, because you're there, and you're trying to learn your lessons, and you're living your life, um, but then other people are doing the same, and everybody is doing it to a greater or lesser degree of success um, on that particular day. Like, some days you really rock it, and some days you slip back a little bit, and that's just being mm-hmm. on your path, Right. Not every day are you mm-hmm. bounding down your path. Some days you're you're barely walking or you're walking off it or you're going backwards. So it's it's hard, I think, yeah. when you have people in your life to navigate where you're at on that day and where that on, you're, they're at on that day. And I, I talk about this on the show all the time, but I have a friend who's a dolphin communicator, and I asked him once why mm-hmm. dolphins have such success working with people on the autism spectrum. And he said it's because mm-hmm. a dolphin meets you where you're at. A human being mm-hmm. expects you to meet them where they're at. And that's why we all need to mm-hmm. be like the dolphin. 
And I think if you just think of it that way, right, if you love someone and they love you and you want them to remain in your life in whatever capacity, right, friend, lover, family, coworker, then you need to meet them where they're at. And if you can find a comfortable Uh place to meet them where they are, then that relationship works. And if you can't, or if you meet them where they're at and then they pull you backwards and you just keep going, then you have to think about maybe making some changes in your life. But we can't expect everyone to be just like us. We can't expect everyone to process the way that we do because it's just never going to happen, right? We're, We're never going to be the same person. Yeah, we and just the have thing to meet is we each other where we are. Yeah, because we all experience the world differently. So, for instance, like, so if we're looking at a movie, right? So there's five people go to a movie, and five people will experience the movie differently. Some people like it. Some people won't like it. Some people will cry. Some people won't, you know? So it's just like that's the world, right? So we our inner world creates our outer world. So whatever inner experience is happening, that's how we experience the world. And how we feel about ourselves is also how we experience the world. Um, Absolutely. So meeting people where that, I mean... I think that's, I mean, for the, the ego, like, always likes to control, right? He wants to get in the way. He wants to make sure everything's kind of, like, in order and perfect. So this person needs to actually act a certain way in order for me to be okay, you know, so going through that. And I think a lot of us struggle with that in relationship because of being so close to somebody and wanting to experience life together, but to remember that for two different people, having a life experience, but it may not be the same, you know, Um so I don't know. I'm still learning that. <laughs> yeah. True. I think that's very true. I think that especially in our in our closest relationships, right? The people that are really in the core of that onion. Yeah. Those are the people that their hearts sort of the beat of their heart sort of keeps us going, right? So we need to make sure we always find out where they're at and we meet them where they're at. Because I don't believe that two people really trying to make something work can't make it work if they're both really trying to meet each other in the middle. But oftentimes I think why you find people are close and then they're not close is because somebody's not trying or sometimes both people aren't trying, but more often than not one person is just not trying. And if you're not trying, you're never going to get to that place. Right. And you have to continue to communicate. And, you know, my, my best friend and I, we've been friends since I was 15 and I just turned 55 and, um, it's work. We're very different people. In some ways, we're very much the same. Um, In other ways, we are very different people. And you have to be Mm -hmm. always respectful of each other's boundaries and where people are at. And um, that's what keeps that friendship going. Is every day perfect? Are there times when we haven't been irritating with each other? I think less than I can believe, as hard as it is to keep a friendship going for 40 years. But... um, (laughs) You know, you have to give each other that space. My my three best female friends are all in either just about at thirty or over thirty year relationships with their um, with their husbands. And so I was always the one in and out of the relationships. I was always the one in the crazy relationship. But I saw from them around me how it is possible through compromise to make something work for that long and not have it be weird. Now in friendships. I have lots of my friends I've had forever and ever. Um, but we all have places where we're working on things, right? And um, yeah. uh, it's, it's continuous working. You have to, it's, it's never going to be over. Sometimes my clients say to me, when is all the hard stuff going to be over? I'm thinking, <laughs> well, not on this rock. 
because it's, it's the learning, <laughs> yeah. right? But you can't focus on how hard it is. You have to focus on how beautiful it is and how hard it is just becomes a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Just to embrace whatever's happening today. It's only the judgments that creates resistance and which makes us feel bad, right? So it's like, wow, this is happening. What can I learn from this experience? What is this teaching me, you know, about myself and about how I, or how I relate to others or whatever? It's, it's beautiful when we start looking at it that way instead of judging, like, you know, because a lot of times, because when we were younger, you know, we were told we were bad or wrong for having whatever bad experiences, right? So when we, we associate that with our identity, that's when we start the judgment, like when's this going to be over? But if we see it as this is something that I'm growing through, the whole experience changed. I mean, everything's perception, right? So how we see it, the, it's the judgments that this shouldn't be happening is what creates resistance and creates a lot of, a lot of you know, icky feelings in the body. You know, but I love how you say, you know, embrace it because it's it's true. You know, just embracing it like, hey, I mean, I've gone through, you know, some, some pretty challenging experiences recently. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to breathe with this. I'm going to, you know, there are some sometimes when I try to control. I'm like, what am I trying to control? Instead of that, I'd be like, well, what am I learning? What is this teaching me? What is this showing me that I want and what is showing me that I don't want? You know, and we could break it down that way the judgment automatically falls away because now we're not beating ourselves up for having the experience. We're putting ourselves in that learning, learning opportunity, you know? So, but, I mean, Very challenges true. are hard. Yeah. Challenges are hard. Yeah. We have the fear of, we have our abandonment wounds that come up in relationship, right? We have, um, you know, the anxious uh, void and attachment um, wounds that, you know, come up and all that. And of course, relationships, you know, those are, are, our greatest opportunity for healing. A lot of people think, oh, my God, I'm going to be in a relationship. Everything's going to be fine now. It's like, mm. <laughs> that's when <laughs> deeper stuff comes up. <laughs> right, right. Like, exactly. It's not, the clo- <laughs> right. Because the closer you are <laughs> to somebody, the more crazy it gets, right? Yeah, and the more you – I think it. I think that the whole idea of human expectations and relationships, and I'm not, I'm not thinking I'm out of it because I sometimes get in that, like – wait, but a relationship is just something where we're sharing our lives together and, and just enjoying it. And, but there's all these rules and expectations and blah, 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 you know, just like, wait, I, I have to remind myself sometimes of that, you know, it's like, what am I doing? Like, why don't I just enjoy this time instead of having, she needs to do this, you know, like, you know the mind that it does that, like, no, because if she doesn't, I won't be loved. I can go down there. <laughs> mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I stopped doing that. I think I have stopped expecting anything from you just can't. You know, when you get in a relationship yeah. you think, Oh, this is gonna be dot 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 this is gonna be the relationship I've always wanted. But that's the relationship you've always wanted. That's not necessarily the relationship you've got. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to find <laughs> the beauty in it if there is beauty in it. And there isn't always. Sometimes, you know, you shouldn't be there. And and then mm-hmm. find a way to make it the relationship you've always wanted. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing to work together in that because they can't just be one sided, right? So it has to be like, how can we work on this together? Like you know, so like they take work. It's like they don't just happen. Relationships, especially the deeper ones, they take work. You know, yeah. it's not like yay, I'm I'm happy now. I'm just gonna have sex and have fun. No. That stuff's going to come to the surface. <laughs> right, you want it to or right. not, no matter, 
no matter how much healing we do on our own, it's so funny because, no, I've done all the healing on my own. It's going to come up in relationships. There's no reason for judgment. It's just going to because those when we get mirrored, those when, you know, all our triggers happen, it's just like we're fine. Well, not always fine alone. Not all of us. I wasn't. But, you know, it's like when we are interacting with somebody, especially someone who we, quote, want to be loved by, our stuff comes up. You know, because it's, it's just, yeah. it's always the um, unresolved issues that we didn't resolve with our parents that gets played out in our relationships. So it's seeing the dynamic. And there's like, nothing to, yeah. there's nothing to, uh, your work is never done, right? So if you think, oh, I just can coast now and it's all over, I don't have to learn anything else. Woo. <laughs> Not as long as we're here, you like are. you said, on this rock. <laughs> right, as long as we're no. here on this rock, we got to do it. Uh, you are delightful. <laughs> Let's do this again. I would love it. And where can people find you online? Oh, thank you. Um, well, they could go to Facebook, Deborah Mittler, and they could go to my website, which is www.livinginthelovinging.com. And I have my books on there. I have a blog. I have um, my services page, so they could find out how they can work with me. Um, I have a six-week program that I offer, and um, so feel free to reach out and connect and get support on your journey if you're looking for that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for being here, my friend. Let's do this again soon. I would love it. Thank you so much, Sheena. That was so much fun. I appreciate <laughs> you sharing this time with me, and I'm thrilled to know you and all the wonderful things you're doing for people all the time. The wonderful Deborah Mittler, everybody. Um, if you missed any of those links, uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's where you can find me, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com, and I'm everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. I also broadcast live and give spiritual advice and do readings on Live Paranormal's video network, which is at facebook.com slash thelifeparanormal. We're here every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, and also I do my Raising the Vibration show on Tuesdays at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Please check out both and join us. I would love that. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity. Always work to raise your vibration. And remember that you are loved and you are loved. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And thanks for being here. And thanks for being a part of Haunted Playground and also Live Paranormal, the iHeartRadio family. And uh, we'll see you next time.